Registrations for Hakan Ivri, which is the Hebrew arm of The Nest, are currently open from now until the 31st of August 2020. Wanted to let you know that we've dropped the prices by $200 for registrations this year. We understand COVID has affected finances, so for this year only, you'll get it at this cheap price. Classes start on the, in the first week of September, so please do join us. You can register by going to www.thefoundationnest.com. See you then. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I'm so honored to be able to share this insight of the day. Today, I simply want to talk about the weapon of choice. Now, it's it's funny that we talk about the weapon of choice during the age of peace, right? Because we're not in spiritual warfare. Uh, we're not fighting against demons and different things like that. And so why is it necessary for us to carry a weapon? Well, hear me out, because I believe that Yahweh is really giving us an opportunity to make a concurrent exchange from everything that you and I have continued to carry that is contrary to his desire for our life in exchange for everything that we are intended to carry that is absolutely concordant to Yahweh's desire for us. So I want to share kind of the the beginning of of this revelation uh, as it begins and continues to unfold. Uh, And it's a story about my home. Uh, Becky and I in 2009, uh, she was training for a marathon with a uh, great woman of Yahweh that we're joined to here in Mobile, Veronica Smith. Um, we call her Ponka uh, because she likes the color purple, and that's what a lot of the um, the grandbabies had called uh, Aunt Veronica was Ponka. So uh, her and Becky were training for a marathon uh, that they wanted to run, the Rock and Roll Marathon in San Diego in 2009. So uh, we got to accompany them on a trip to California and they ran the marathon. Now while we were there, uh, we stayed in the gas lamp district, which was just really nice. Um, but right across the the waterway there, uh, there was a place called Coronado Island. And Coronado means crowned one. This was one of the first experiences that Becky and I had where we really felt important. Uh, we got to, you know, travel via airplane, uh, stay in this big city, eat at nice restaurants. Um, she was there, you know, on a mission, obviously. I was there uh, just to simply cheer her on. Um, but if you fast forward eight years down the road, 2017, um, Becky and I had been married for 10 years to the day. We closed on our first home that she and I had purchased. And I had not put this together, but we we moved into a home uh, that is on Coronado Drive, uh, which it means the crowned one again. So recently I was doing some yard work and I was cleaning out my garage and I saw this little uh, sticker and it said the scepter and come to find out it simply came off of a gas can you know that I (laughs) that I keep my marine fuel in for my edger and weed eater and blower and you know all those manly tools and and things that I use uh, to keep our yard up but but you know what does this mean and why is it important to me because oftentimes Yahweh will take a normal situation a normal circumstance 
and he will if if you honor it and you engage what he's showing you he will uh, reveal himself through parts of that you know i i heard years ago oracle teresa bowen um, shared a story about the burning bush and she said that that was not a supernatural occurrence for the bush to catch on fire but what happened is that moses honored the voice within that natural occurrence and so as he honored that yahweh revealed himself through those things so i just simply want to encourage us all to pay attention to how Yahweh desires to speak to you because it may not be a situation where you see the clouds part and the dove descend. It may be the fact that you're doing some yard work and you stumble upon a sticker in there that says the scepter in your garage, you know? And so I begin to look at this, you know, what does it mean? Why is it important to me? A scepter is a staff or a baton borne by a sovereign as an emblem of authority. So Yahweh's spoke to me and said the scepter is never used to gain victory, but to announce what has already been won. Hallelujah. Like that is such a big deal. Remember the book of Hebrews was a reminder to the Jews that Yeshua had already paid the price for the sacrifices that they were preparing under the Mosaic law. So I want to share an interesting perspective about an encounter that I had with Moses is Grant calls him Moshe. I've heard him And so every time I I see the name Moses, I think of Moshe. Uh, But this story is found in the book of Exodus in chapter 17. So we're going to start in verse 8. And I, I just want to share some of this scripture with you and then share what Yahweh is revealing and, and stirring within me. Um, and hopefully it just encourages you today. So verse 8 of, of Exodus 17 says this, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. So let's stop here for a second. Moses had just led the Israelites out of Egypt As they crossed the Red Sea, they encamped in Rephidim. So Yahweh provided a miraculous well of water to accompany them on their journeys. So while they were here trying to recuperate and and restore their bodies and and the rest, um, the nation of Amalek launched a pretty vicious attack on them. Now, you may be a, a scholar that understands this. I had to actually look in to see who is Amalek. Like the name just, you know, I've heard that it's bad, but why? So Amalek was Esau's son. And I believe that he personally carried an offense because of what Jacob had received from Esau. So Amalek grew up in Esau's household and he nurtured a progressive hatred of Jacob's descendants along the way, the Israelites. His offspring became the nation of Amalek and they lived south of Israel in what is now known the Negev Desert. So it's fascinating to me that not only did Israel sit above them in the spiritual realm, but also in the natural. Although the Negev made up over half of Israel's total landmass, it represented barriers, challenges, and obstacles. So it's not necessarily about 
the surface area of what you possess. It's about the depth. It's about the, the, the fruit of what is being produced in what we possess. So verse 9 says, Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of Yahweh in my hand. So I want to I wanna just make note here that Moses did not ignore the attack. He simply refused to engage with it because he was able to function rightfully. Please listen to this. Proper identification enables rightful function. Moses knew that his role was to ascend the mountain and simply possess the scepter of justice. This word staff is the Hebrew word mate, and it's Strong's H4294. It's made up of the words mem, tet, and hay. So this word mate is a branch is extending figuratively a tribe, also a rod, whether for chastising of correction or, listen to this, ruling a scepter. So the secrets hidden as we engage Eber, like that's one of my favorite things to do now, is to be able to break down the Hebrew language and find out what the friends of Eber say about these Hebrew words. So as, as I put together with Mem, Tet, and Hey, what, what this reveals to me is that the secrets hidden in the source of the supply of heaven are contained in the baskets of our breath. As we engage from within our mountain, we are able to inhale from the position of heaven and exhale into our position on earth. I heard uh, Miss Lindy Masters talk about that, of how we, we release the breath of heaven that we have inhaled from the place that Yahweh has called us to into this earth to allow a tangible manifestation of Yahweh's word on this earth as it already is in heaven. So verse 10 says, So Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage, but when he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. So in my encounter... I came to a position where I could sense unrest. I wasn't even aware that a group was under attack because I was in the mountain with who I later discerned to be Moses, Aaron, and Hur. As I witnessed Moses' response, I saw that what actually occurred was quite different than this cute little story that I had once been taught. What I noticed was in the beginning, Moses didn't drop his hand because he was tired. He began to drop his hand to put down his scepter and exchange it for his sword. However, even when his intention shifted to fight, his people began to lose the advantage. And some translations actually say that the that the Amalekites or Amalek prevailed. So verse 12 says, Moses' arms soon became tired and he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. This is the part of the story that I find most admirable. As his arms tired, there were men joined to him that would not allow his position to become compromised. 
it is so important that you and I join ourselves ourselves to people who will cover us and see us through difficult times in your lives where it may even feel like you're losing a battle. These are the ones that will position us on a stone to be seated. The stone is no less a stone than his staff, a piece of wood. What I saw in this encounter was actually a throne and a scepter, not a stone and a staff. And this word stone in the Hebrew is even. Um, it's Strong's H68. It's made up of Aleph, Bayet, and Noon final. This stone is found in Scripture 272 times. And a majority of the time, it's used with the meaning to build. So the strength is found in the silence of the house as you allow your abiding to produce the immeasurable worth of sons. Aaron and her stood beside Moses until sunset. Now, there might be a lot of prophetic representation of the sunset. I know that it begins a new day, but what I witnessed was simply how long it took. In the light of eternity, it may not be long, but regardless, I want to choose to remain positioned for as long as it takes. So family, Yahweh desires for us to be mindful of who we really are. If there is something that is trying to defeat you, Here's a little word of wisdom that I got from from doing yard work <laughs> that Saturday morning and, and stumbling upon a little sticker in my garage that said the scepter. It's, it's that we ascend our mountain, that we possess the scepter of justice, and that we remain seated on our throne, in our throne room, in all of its expressions. And we remain there until the victory that we have announced is tangibly manifest. One thing that I love about the story of Yeshua is it doesn't say that that the victory must be won. It was an announcement that the victory has already been won. And I believe that once we begin to walk in a position of confidence where we truly believe that the victory has already been won and our responsibility is not to have to fight and try to win the battle, it's simply to release the announcement. It is to release the sound of Almighty Yahweh, the heart of Almighty Yahweh, that everything has already been conquered that tries to overcome us. The only way that we can lose this battle is if we lose our heart, is if we lose our mind, is if we lose our confidence, not only in who who we are, but in who Yahweh is, and vice versa, not only in who Yahweh is, but in who we are. That is why it is so important that we continue to walk in confidence, that we strengthen one another, that we encourage one another, that we remind ourselves of the greatness that Yahweh has placed within us that the world has need of. In Romans chapter 8, all creation groans. It stands on its tippy toes, leaning over, waiting for the sons and daughters of Yahweh to be revealed. And they're not just looking for us to to uncover ourselves. They're looking for us to project the image of Yahweh that is already present within our lives. But we have a responsibility to release that frequency and that sound into the earth. So family, I encourage you today, 
Please walk in the fullness of who Yahweh has created for you to be. Declare His Word over your life. Declare His Word over your spouse. Declare His Word over your children. Declare His Word over your leaders. Declare His Word over your friends, over your family, over the people that you hold in your hearts, over the people that you're joined to. This is what we need, that we are able to walk in the governance of Yeshua that reminds all of creation of Yahweh's original intention over their lives. So I choose today that my weapon of choice will no longer be that of a sword that is battling and warring, trying to to win uh, the battle, so to speak. My weapon of choice is to hold on to this scepter, to be able to make the announcement that Yahweh has already completed. He has already finished what, what is needed to be done. And our responsibility is simply to declare His goodness and to project His image and reveal his heart to all of creation. Family, thank you for joining us today. I I am so honored to be a part of these podcasts and I look forward to our next time together. We bless you and love you and look forward to all that Yahweh is doing in your life today.